Hello everybody, my name is Tom Roberts, I'm the host of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. This is the very first episode and I would like to say thank Christ this is done. It finally gets me on a roll, it finally gets it going. Uh, On today's show, on the inaugural episode, we have Mr. Dave Haley of Psychoptic and a few other very high-profile Australian bands. He is their drummer. He is one of the busiest metalheads in Australia. We get into all that during the interview. His interview went so long and we talked about so many things that it had to be split into two. And next week, his interview will continue. Uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Right now, I'm going to throw it to Dave, who's going to intro himself into the show. I overdubbed a few of his sound bites over our intro. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Dave. The Full Metal Lockdown Podcast. Presented by Tom Roberts. Thank you for sticking around and listening to the rest of the show, I guess. I guess I should uh, tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, The reason why sometimes I slur my words and I'm a little bit hard to understand is that I have a disability called Friedrich's Ataxia that I uh, actually run a gig, but it's not metal-related, a fundraiser gig for that event. You can find us on Facebook at uh, forward slash IAAD Orange, and uh, through that you can find all the information, but it's not metal-related, so I don't want to bring that into this show. That'll be the only time I mention it for the rest of this episode, and I hope you can appreciate that. Uh, but I do have a disability called Friedrich's ataxia, and it does cause me to slur my words. It also causes me not to be able to walk very much anymore, and therefore can't get into the mosh pits and stuff at gigs. But no, I can't really go on stage much anymore. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still getting over being sick at the moment. And I can't go on stage very much anymore to play music, and that upsets me a little bit. But hey, this is my contribution to the land of metal these days. Sitting here in my man cave, looking at my computer screen, talking to people over the phone, and doing this shit for everybody out there. Uh, So that's all I'm going to discuss about my disability if you can't understand what I'm saying, I'm very sorry and I do apologize. Just try and bear with me. Now, uh, on today's show, like I said in the intro, we do have Mr. Dave Haley of Psychroptic on the show. He is going to talk to us. His interview went so long that we had to cut it into two. And we are putting the second half on next Tuesday's show. And yeah, we hope you enjoy. We're going to talking about a little bit about uh, metal for the brain. I don't know whether that made this week's show or next week's show. Uh, we talk a bit about touring. We talk a bit about growing up and getting into music, about uh, growing up in Tasmania, about making music and traveling from Tasmania. Talk about a lot of things. But right now, I want to talk about another thing that uh, that I find upsetting. I want to talk about some celebrity deaths this week uh, and in the last couple of weeks. Uh, celebrity deaths that I give a fuck about. That's right. I'm calling this little segment R.I.P. Celebrities that I give a fuck about. That's right. Uh, uh, on Easter Day in America, I learned of a very sad passing, which is actually Easter Monday in Australia, but, uh, Reuben the Hurricane Carter passed away. If you don't know who he is, I don't care about you, 
but he is a boxing legend who was wrongly convicted of a crime and he was put away for a very, very long time in prison and he got out and he was given uh, a world title, one of the only men to be given a world title outside of a boxing ring because he deserved it. He was going on to win the world title until he got wrongly accused and went to prison for this uh this action, but uh, he died of prostate cancer, unfortunately. Uh, number one is The Ultimate Warrior, the WWE Hall of Fame inductee for 2014, The Ultimate Warrior. He passed away, uh, I believe it was last week from a heart attack or the week before from a heart attack. Uh, yeah, it was brutal. Apparently, it was hand-in-hand with his wife, walking along, talking with his wife, and uh, he had a heart attack and she dropped dead. Brutal. And uh, there may have been other other uh, celebrity deaths that happened this way, but they're the, really the only two that I give a fuck about. And that was the name of the segment, Celebrity RFPs, that I give a fuck about. Now, uh, when I get bored, I play my iPhone a lot and my PS3 and my computer and my Game Boy. That's right. I, I'm old school. I have a Game Boy Color. Not because I'm hipster, not because I think it's cool, but because I'm poor. Leave me alone. I have a Game Boy Color. Now, I have Pokemon Yellow on the Game Boy Color. I don't even have a game that came out with that particular Game Boy. Anyway, on my phone, I play a little game that I am currently addicted to called Minion Run. It's got the minions from, uh, what's that movie called? Despicable Me and Despicable Me 2. Uh, if you don't know the movies, you've been living in a cave. But uh, the movies are where the song Happy by Pharrell Williams comes from. Yes, that song. That song that everybody plays. And I have a little girl and she loves that song. So I know it word for word, naturally. But that does not mean that I like that song. I tried to get her into Metallica. I tried to get her into Lamb of God. I've tried to get her into Radiance Machine, into pretty much everything metal-related. But she does like it, but she prefers happy in the end. What can you do, I guess? But uh, Minion Run, it's a, it's a game where uh, you pretty much use your thumb and you've got three lanes, and you just make the minion run. And you gotta jump over bombs, you gotta go up buses, you gotta collect bananas, you gotta go around obstacles, and the further you get, the higher your score. Now, at the moment, my highest score is about 310, 320,000 points, which is pretty good out of everybody that I know that plays the game that is registered, I'm above them. I am. I'm the highest point, except for my sister, who has nearly 840,000 points. The crazy bitch just sat there for ages and played the game. She got home from work. She worked shift work, and she got home from work and couldn't go to bed yet, so she just played the game. And my God, she just wrecked it. No one can catch her. Uh, I have a few other games. I'm starting to get into uh, tap. Uh, what's it? The Simpsons game where you build up Springfield. It's like SimCity, but with the Simpsons. I love that game. I'm starting to get into it. But other than that, I'm pretty much just on my PS3 or doing the podcast. Uh, interviewing metalheads from around Australia. 
If you're a metalhead and you want to be involved in the Full Metal Lockdown podcast, if you are in a band or you're a uh, fan or uh, you're a business and you want to be involved in the Full Metal Lockdown podcast, either by doing an interview with me, by me interviewing you, is what I meant, uh, by being a... Uh, a advertiser, a sponsor, if you will, doesn't matter. Email me at fullmetallockdown at gmail.com. Fullmetallockdown, all one word, at gmail.com. And put in the subject line, advertiser, interview, fan, competition, doesn't matter. Put it in there. Or go to our Facebook Facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown and contact me there. I'm an open book. You can ask me anything and I won't get pissed off unless I hate you. In which case, I'm going to let that known because I'm sick of fuckwits. Okay, let's get back into more shit that I want to talk about. Uh, I know this is a full metal lockdown podcast. It's uh, all metal and mostly Aussie. And I wanted to uh, talk about a bit of what I'm into metal-wise. I'm not just into metal. As you hear me talk about in a few different interviews, I'm not just into metal. I'm into a lot of different types of music. I'm a music fan more just as much as I am a uh, metal fan, but I'm a metal fan as well. But as far as metal goes... Who I don't really have a absolute favorite metal band, but I do have to say Lamb of God are up there. Uh, I do, in fact, and this is gonna piss a lot of people off. I do, in fact, love new metal. Yes, that's right. I love new metal. I have a uh, fondness for Slipknot. And I do, in fact, like Limp Bizkit and Lincoln Park. Fuck you. Anybody can like whatever they want. I know a lot of people just went, oh my God, I don't want to listen to this anymore. I don't go on about them. I rarely talk about what I like outside of this part. But uh, yeah, I like Lemma God. I like Meshuggah. I like Macedon. I like Black Sabbath. You'd send me into the early days like most of that. I like uh, Hard Rock as well. And to me, I just want to say it right now, Hardcore is not metal. That's right. I said it. Hardcore is not metal. I know a lot of people out there are saying, oh, you got to accept all the genres into whatever, whatever, I got my period. No. Hardcore is not metal. If you look up the family trees of music, hardcore stems from punk, P-U-N-K, punk, hardcore stems from punk, it does not stem from metal, it came from punk, deal with it, nothing wrong with that, I do like hardcore bands, I am a punk fan, I love my punk music, but what pisses me off what makes me angry is when people say that hardcore is metal. Though I'm in a metal band because I play hardcore. No, you're in a fuckhole band because you play hardcore and call it metal. Okay, I need to calm down. I need to stop bringing that subject up. Hardcore versus metal. Not my place. Stop bringing it up. Shut up, Tom. Okay, to Shut me up for the next few minutes anyway. I'm going to introduce the interview I had with Mr. Dave Haley from earlier this week. Enjoy. Right now we are going to start the interview with Mr. Dave Haley of Psychoptic uh, and a few other metal bands that I mentioned right at the start of the interview. So right now you're going to hear the phone call interview between him and I that we had late last week before Easter. Enjoy, have fun, 
Don't get your panties in a twist. Don't get too wet or too erect over it. You'll like it. Have fun. I'm Tom Roberts. I'll talk to you again after the interview. Enjoy. Right now on the line, we have Dave Haley of Psychoptic, The Inventor, and Blood Duster, just to name a few. Uh, in my view, this man has to be one of the busiest metalheads in Australia. And uh, we'll get into that later on in the interview. But uh, say hello, Mr. Dave Haley. Hey, yeah. Uh, not bad. How are you? Very good, thanks. Very good, thanks. Uh, just trying to take a bit of steak that my cat just, uh, stole off the bench that I was going to have for dinner, actually. Which oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> is an odd way to start an interview. But, uh, yeah. Apart from that, oh, oh, good. Oh, all right, good. That's, that's a great way to start an interview. Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's enjoying himself. <laughs> oh, that's always a good thing. My first question is uh, about your history, especially in regards to metal. Tell me about it. Who was into metal first? You or your brother Joe? Because you're in Psychoptic with your brother. Back in the day, um, yeah, I guess I was into it first. Uh, probably just because I was a little bit older than him. Um, and I guess by default, I kind of, well, drag him into the, into the whole thing as well. Yeah. Um, just because, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot and at the same time was starting to play drums as well. So it was just natural for me to try to replicate what I was into on, on the drums. So, so why drums? Why not, uh, like, every little kid want to be the lead singer or the lead guitarist? It was by default, actually. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, as in, um, I came from a very small school. Uh, there's only 15 people in my entire grade. So, when it was, uh, you know, we had music class once a week, so... Um, the class needed a drummer. <clears throat> I had no aspirations or desire to become a drummer. You didn't anticipate this success when you originally started drumming. Oh no, no I, I didn't even. It was drumming was just something I did once a week. Yeah, basically uh, in music because I could pl- play a basic rock beat. Um, so I, n- I never really thought about drums. It was just something I did. Yeah. Once a week in music, and um, yeah, probably for the first two years of playing the drums, it, yeah, it was um, just something I did music class. Uh, and it wasn't until I started taking lessons, I was about 14, 14, 15, where I really started to enjoy the drums and thought, well, maybe I'll put a little bit more time and effort into into this. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, uh, later teens, that's when I started to rehearse a lot more and, um, could see myself doing it for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. Uh, so why metal? Like, why, if you started off as a, like, rock drummer in school, why didn't you, like, become a Beatles cover band or something like that? Why did you go on to form a metal band or, uh, learn to play some of the most intense metal in Australia? Uh, I think it's just the, the sheer challenge of uh, the style of playing that I drew me to it. Um, I guess playing drums, you know, you got to crawl before you can walk, so obviously you're going to play some rock stuff before you can play any of the metal stuff, so yeah. it's just a, a gradual progression, you know. I wasn't going to go straight in at 13 years old and start playing some uh, Angel Corpse beats. Um, <laughs> you know, you you just have to work out for that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and just through, uh, you know, playing the instrument and then developing an, an interest in the genre, um, you know, they kind of went hand in hand. As I um, delved more into the, um, the metal realm, that's when I started to delve a bit more into the techniques involved in playing. Um, particular style yeah so yeah it's, it's always been a natural progression it's, it's never been um something that's forced um i've been fortunate enough to be able to 
always have been able to do do what you do things I enjoy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, very supportive family and whatnot. so yeah it was yeah nothing was ever forced so it's just yeah completely natural progression for me to um, end up playing this style of music yeah so tell me a bit about your music career pre-Psychroptic because was Psychroptic your first like big band like the first band to make it out of Tasmania um, yeah, it was the first band that did any sort of <clears throat> interstate touring. Yeah. Um, did play in a couple of bands before that. One with Joe uh, called Disseminate. I read that. Um, yeah, so we were just a local Hobart band. You have one demo with them, don't you? Yeah, we put out a demo tape. Um, I love trying to get my hands on that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, that was a bit more of a straightforward uh, black and death metal influenced band. Um, we had no idea what we were doing, but we were having fun. Yeah. Um, we were around for, I think, about two years from when I was about 17 to 19. Oh. Uh, we just did shows around Tasmania. It was uh, yeah, pretty fun band. Moving on from your past, oh. With uh, any one of your bands, where is your favourite town to play in Australia? Uh, do you have a favourite? Is it in Tasmania, Victoria, Queensland, New South Wales, etc.? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's always cool to play hometown shows in Hobart. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you play somewhere too often, it gets pretty, pretty old pretty quick. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great playing shows in Melbourne. It's, it's great doing a, a good show anywhere, you know? Um, yeah. If it's a Friday or Saturday night and there's people that are, they'll want to have a good time and they're kicking on, it's it's going to be a cool cool gig, you know? Um, playing a show on a Monday night somewhere is going to suck anyway, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, just the nature of it. But we've, we've been especially lucky with Psychroptic to have... Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of support around the around the country. It's always good playing in Melbourne. We've had good support there, Brisbane, yeah, yeah, wherever. You know, if, if dudes turn up and have a good time, then it's it's a good time, you know. Uh, if you play if you play somewhere too often, it's going to get old. Yeah. Um, as long as this, if I haven't played somewhere in a long time, and we play there, it's like, well, cool. This is my favorite place to play now. <laughs> Does it change from band to band? Like, do you get different receptions with the Amento as you would with the Blood Duster as you would with Sagcroptic? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It depends on what band, what night of the week, and where it is. Uh, what else is going on? So it varies, you know. Every band has a good gig. Every band has a bad gig. Um, a good gig could be playing really well and having fun with your mates, but, you know, there's two people out there. Yeah. Uh, a bad gig could be it's, you know, a thousand people and you play like shit. So it, it really depends. Um, there's no, uh, I guess, one magic formula. Um, when I was younger, I always used to think that uh, it was a better gig if there was lots of people there. But, you know, nowadays I don't often, it's not mutually exclusive, I guess. It's, yeah. You know, if you, if you hang out with your mates and, you know, you play pretty well and there's fucking one dude out there, then. You still had a good time. It's a good gig. Yeah. As a punter, the best shows I go to are the ones where, like, even if there are only 10 of us in the crowd, the band plays like there's 100,000 people and they give us the show that uh, they would expect to see if they were watching, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, they play as if one person is 100 kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. You know, you can put on the show of your lifetime to... Two people. The audience does play a big role, I guess, in the enjoyment, but it's also the circumstances where I hang out with your mates and play music with your mates. Yeah. Um, could, could be everything that happened in the day that led up to the gig, you know. The gig is 50 minutes out of 24 hours, so it could be something that happened during the day that, you know, make it an awesome gig or something that happened during the day that makes, makes it a shit gig, so... It all um yeah, it all has a bearing on each other. 
as far as uh, Australian metal bands go, uh, do you have any favourites from either the past or present? Like, I know King Parrot is getting some huge responses overseas in Australia, and they're becoming one of the biggest bands ever. Same with 12 Foot Ninja. Are there any others that you can think of that uh, you really enjoy, like, but you've never played with or that uh, you've always wanted to play with that uh, are from Tasmania and have never got that that exposure or anything like that? Um, well, let's just talk about general, like... Uh, I, I really dig bands like King Parrot. Um, I love what they're doing um, in terms of not so much, not only musically, but just um, in the way they're approaching things. You know, they're really pushing it hard and trying to make a career out of it. Um, same, same with a band like Thy Is Murder. I've got a huge amount of respect for them because they're out there smashing it and touring shitloads and you know, just give it a good go. Um, so they're two bands just off the top of my head that I hold in very high esteem, yeah. um, both musically and in terms of um, their professionalism. Uh, and in terms of bands from, you know, throughout the past, you know, I love bands such as uh, Abremelin from uh, Melbourne. Um, they were very, very inf- influential on me and um, my drumming style, particularly. Um, yeah. And then Damaged, uh, another classic Australian band. Um, then, uh, you know, Nazul, another old older band. Uh, there's, yeah, there's heaps and heaps of bands. Uh, I, I really dig what Paul are doing. Uh, again, both in terms of musically and uh, their artistic originality and their approach to what they do. Yeah, there's tons of bands. I don't want to leave anyone out because there's shitloads, but anyone who's out there and honestly doing what they love, it comes through in their music. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not a big fan of, you know, you can see through the bullshit, so you can see when a band's just fucking faking it and... I'm not down with that. It's yeah. like, if the people in the band are only doing, they're doing it for, it's hard for me to pass judgment on and say, you know, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, but you can smell a rat when, when a band, yeah, when the, when the band sucks and it's like, yeah, this is fucking shit, you guys are lame. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but yeah. there's, there's a ton of those as well. Yeah. Know, there's a ton of those. But I've got immense amount of respect for bands that are just being honest about it. Yeah, um, do, doing what they love and really pushing it. Uh, even sometimes I, I think musically they might suck, or it's, it's just not up my alley. But I still, you know, have yeah. respect for them getting out and doing something that I have been curious about, and I'm not sure what the answer will be. But are you still learning? Yeah, of course. Like of course. in every gig, is there something new that you learn? Or I wouldn't say every gig, but every now and again, is there something that you see going, oh, I didn't know that could happen? Or holy shit, how did that happen? Is there something like that oh, like, yeah, every now and again? Yeah, every day. I mean, yeah. I, I, try to, I try to learn something in my life every day. Uh, in terms of music, always try to learn. Always trying to learn. I, I still get lessons because um, if, if there's someone out there that can play something that you can't, then get them to teach you how to do it. So yeah. there's, there's always stuff for me to learn. It's always going to be uh, a, a challenge. Uh, as I get older, it's, it seems to take a little bit longer to, to learn new things. Um, so I think, I guess, the way I practice and what I practice and things like that. But I've still, I've still definitely got the desire to improve. Uh, as soon as the desire to improve goes, then I'll find something else to do because it's like, well, it's the fucking point. If you're not going to get better at something, yeah. or you're not going to evolve. Yeah. So, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, there's always stuff to learn. And there's always new and challenging stuff that I can do. Have you ever had any major equipment fuck-ups, like, while you're on stage or just before you were about to go on stage and you just go, oh, 
fuck, how am I going to do this now? Like, have you ever been uh, loading on stage and someone's like dropping your snare drum and busted through both skins and just go, oh, fuck, what am I meant to do now? Uh, yeah, there's been uh, times where, you know, there's been certain things that don't work, you know, you're on stage and so the, the sample, sampling backing tracks don't work or uh, the something on the drum kit breaks. Um, there's always some small thing that's not going to plan. You just got to adapt, you know. Every time I set up my live, something feels a little bit more uncomfortable, you know, in comparison to my kit in my rehearsal room. So you do get accustomed to being able to adapt and um, deal with any sort of shit that goes uh, goes wrong, you know. I've had, there's been a lot of MacGyver moments where you've you got to fix stuff on the fly and uh, a bit of just get through the clip as best you can. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of shit. Gaffer tape fixes all. Yeah, that's the one thing I've always heard of gigs. If you don't have gaffer tape, you can't run a gig. Cause, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, if something goes wrong, gaffer will fix it. Well, they use it yeah. on the Super V8s every time like, a panel drops off. They hold it up with gaffer tape. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, holds everything together. What keeps you going on the road? Like, uh, is it lots and lots of Red Bull consumption? Or mm, No, nah, I don't really like Red Bull, so <laughs> I don't really drink it. Um, oh, you just got to eat as healthily as possible and keep the partying to... Try to keep the partying to a minimum and make sure you get enough rest. Um, but there's there's no real answer to that. You know, if if you're liking what you're doing, you're gonna find the energy yeah. to actually do it. Uh, if you hate what you're doing, then it's gonna suck and it's not gonna be fun. It's gonna so, make you burn out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I. Quite enjoy traveling and touring around. Um, so it's it's never been a case of trying to find the energy to do it. So like I I enjoy it, so I want to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's I feel very very fortunate to be able to travel around and have seen a shitload of places um, just through playing music and doing something I love. So I don't take any any of it for granted at all. Um, so it's definitely not draining in any way, shape, or form. You can get tired, but just go and take a fucking nap. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not that hard. Yeah. Um, uh, does partying take its toll? Do you party much? Uh, I like to have a good time, <laughs> but uh, I guess over the years I've very much cut my... Uh, drinking intake right down because it doesn't really gel well with playing drums and drinking heaps, you know, it turns you into a fuckwit sometimes um, and I just don't like the way it uh, makes my body feel. Yeah. So I, I, can still, I can still party and have a good time without getting blackout drunk. That's, that's no worries. Um, but anything's going to take its whole, you know, staying yeah. up late watching movies and not getting enough sleep and going into work is going to take its toll. So yeah. that's going to take its toll, you know. Yeah. Every, everything can take its toll, but yeah. in terms of uh, maintaining performance when you've got lots of shows in a row, uh, yeah, I'm not getting hammered every night. Um, it's not something in my younger days, for sure. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I loved it. But it's, you know, I'm into different things now. Uh, so I can still party without the 100 beers. I can have my two or three beers and be buzzed and be like fucking sick. <laughs> uh, on the road, do any of the members of your any one of your bands, do they pull pranks or do you pull pranks on the other members uh, to keep uh, the monotonous I guess, away? Well, I guess here and there you do, but you do that with anything. Uh, yeah. A cool joke is a cool joke, but it's it's not like a, it's not a thing, you know. It's not like we're okay. We're going on tour now. We've got to pull some pranks. It's no that shit, you know. If, whatever the circumstances, if there's a joke to be had, and people laugh, you know. Maybe we pull a prank. That could be the 
could be in the tour van, it could be at the local supermarket, whatever. You know? So it's not it's not really a uh, a thing as such. You know, we don't we don't set out to be pulling pranks. We just everyone is just doing what they do. Yeah. So it, it happens here and there, but I guess it happens here and there at work. You know, normal work. Yeah. It's like kind of just to keep things interesting, but it doesn't happen every single day or every single tour even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, it's kind of, it's the same as normal life, except for you, well, it is, well, for me, it is normal life, but it's, you know, some days you want to be social and hang out, other days you just want to chill out and read a book. Um, so, yeah, it's not, it's not this, uh, this big party prank fucking crazy time all the time if that makes sense yeah this is a bit of a silly question but i personally i just want to know are you addicted to touring because you're in so many high profile bands and i see the psychoptic tours you're on at least two or three a year the amenta tours blood dust so i haven't seen tours so much lately but they did back in the day even though you only joined them in, I believe it was 2007. But, yeah, that's correct, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think you're in Ruin as well, aren't you? Yeah, in Ruins, yeah. yeah. Uh, I see their name pop up every now and again. Are you addicted to touring? Like, what is the appeal with being in so many events, or is it just the love for drums like you've stated? Yeah, it's... Well, it is my job, you know, during the, during the day I... um. I teach drums. Um, doesn't really feel like work, but it's what I do. <laughs> uh, t- touring, touring is just an extension of that. Um, it's something I like to do. Am I addicted to it? Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's I enjoy doing it, and when I don't do it, if I haven't done it for a while, it's I get a little bit agitated. Um, but you know, addiction. Sounds like a negative term, you know. It's yeah, yeah. Touring, yeah, I, I love touring and I do it as much as I can where it's viable and as long as I do enjoy it, I'll keep keep doing it. If, if it becomes a drag or it starts to feel like work or it starts to negatively impact on my, my health or whatever, then maybe I'll have to look at culling it down. But I just like it. I enjoy it. So, yeah, I do it. I do it. That's it. What kind of music did your parents listen to? This is my favorite question here because, like, I listen to quite a lot of uh, radio shows and podcasts, and I never hear this question get asked. Because to me, my my dad listened to uh, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and Deep Purple, and uh, you write heap, and uh, that's what made me go, "Oh, I like." I like that music. And from there, I went to the next evolution, which was like 80s metal, which was like Megadeth and Metallica and Creator. And then from there, I went to 90s. Mind you, I have to admit, I am a new metal fan because in the 90s, I became a fan of Corn and Slipknot. Uh, what kind of music did your parents listen to and did it have any effect on your style? Uh, they, um, they listened to a lot of... I guess cl- classic rock sort of stuff from the seventies and sixties. Uh, I, to be honest, they didn't really hear them play music around the house too much. It's not that they didn't encourage it. They were would more be open to um, myself and my brothers playing what we were interested in. So you know, my my mum would let me put my Metallica tapes on in the car and stuff like that. So. They were very encouraging and supportive of what we were ever into, so I was never, never really influenced by what they listened to. And if you know, if you ask me now what they're into, I, I still wouldn't know. You know? <laughs> I, I know they definitely have the radio on at all all times, but yeah. um, I don't know what their favourite bands are or anything like that. But um, so, so from that point of view, I wasn't influenced by what they were listening to or what they were into. But uh, on the other hand, though, yeah, they were very, very encouraging of any, any music, music that we that we we'd taken interest of in. Oh, so okay. they, they never tried to stop me from listening to any of the heavy music. Uh, all they were concerned about, they were, they were 
there were no swear words in there. So they'd read the lyrics and, okay, yeah, there's no shit to the fucks in there, so you can have it back. I'm not just into heavy metal. Uh, speaking of that, uh, are you only into heavy metal or do you like other bands? Like, my favourite band of all time, believe it or not, is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, like, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're in my top five, but my other four are all... Heavy metal bands like Suffocation and Cannibal Corps and uh, like I'm not trying to blow smoke up your up your rectum or anything, but Psychropsic are in there yes. as well. <laughs> but uh, cool, cool. But... Yeah, are you into other things other than just metal? Uh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just into any sort of good music. Uh, if if I listen to it, it gives me a tingle in in my spine or makes hair stand up or my arm, then I'm into it. You know. It doesn't really matter what it is. Um, I do listen to a lot of a lot of metal, but I listen to a lot of non-metal as well. Um, the probably the in the last few years, the most uh, important music discovery tool for me has been Spotify because I can just find, find just keep finding artists. You know, you get stuck in this Spotify loop, or uh, and just keep finding new stuff. Um, Another another cool adaptation of Spotify is iTunes Radio, which is now available on all of iPhones and things like that. It's uh you just download the radio stations and then uh you listen to all the songs that they choose and then it gives you the option to pay for it and download it. But uh Okay, yeah. cool. That that sounds cool, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it it should uh if you've done the most recent update on your phone, it should be in the music section on your phone. Okay, I'll uh, yeah, I'll get onto that. Check it out. So yeah, things like that are, are great because you know you can find heaps of new music, and I'd, I'd say it would be I listen to about probably forty percent of music that's not in the metal realm, just to yeah, keep me both inspired and entertained and whatever else. Do you have uh? inspiration from drummers that are not in the metal realm like uh, I hear a lot of drummers say Chad Smith like from Chicken Foot and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and I hear a lot of drummers say like uh, at the same time back into the metal realm Chris Adler uh, do you have inspiration from the outside of the metal realm oh yeah I, t- I take uh, influence and uh, inspiration from Anywhere I can get it, you know, if, if it's a player that's doing something cool and crazy or that I've never heard before or just something that I it, that particularly appeals to me, then that's going to be an influence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's hundreds and hundreds of players, well, thousands, thousands of players um, from, from any style of music. It do, doesn't have to be metal. I'd probably say these days it's... I take more from outside of the metal realm than from in it. Does that keep things interesting? Like, uh, does it keep your style fresh? Yeah, yeah, it keeps it exciting for me and different. And um, if I can learn something cool that I uh, haven't been able to play before, and it's it could be a jazz lick or a fusion lick or a, a, like a world music beat or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. Does Bands like uh, Twelve Foot Ninja, who are incorporating a lot of jazz influence into metal, is that like when I first heard them? Because I, uh, a friend sent me a link to one of their songs on YouTube, and I just went, "Oh my Christ, this band is friggin' awesome!" Because it was something completely new. Do, when you hear things like that, do you just go, I wish I thought of that or good on them for doing that or like that is just stupid? Why would you do that? Um, I think, I just think, you know, good on them, you know. Uh, they're doing something they want to do. That band in particular, I don't really know too much of their material. But I, I take my hat off to them because they're, they're doing a lot of stuff. They're doing a lot of touring um, and they're, they're getting a, quite a big following. Yeah. Um. Stoked for anyone that's out there doing what they want to do and yeah, you know, and making a career out of it. And musically, yeah, I don't really know what the guys do, so I can't really comment too much about it, yeah. whether I like it or not, because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm not opposed for to any bands that are 
trying something new. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a, an awesome idea. If there's one thing uh, I would love for you to take from this podcast interview is uh, go to YouTube and check out 12 Foot Ninja. You, you'll you enjoy them. They're, they're quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely check them out. Right there is where we had to cut the interview and the second half of the interview will be next week. We hope you enjoyed the first half of the interview. Uh, don't go anywhere because we have more left on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to talk about tattoos in metal, my tattoos. I'm going to talk about the drinking mentality. I'm going to bring up a few more things that I want to talk about. I'm going to uh, talk about some other stuff. Right now, also, I wanted to apologize to you for the quality of the uh, audio during the interview. Uh, I... Uh, when we were doing the the interview, I was coming across clearly. Neither of us knew that that was a problem. I, for one, didn't know that was a problem. And uh, when we when the interview took place, like I said, there was no problems, and I didn't find that out until after. Uh, Dave informed me that he was going to Europe, so we couldn't redo the interview. So uh, as long as you can still understand him, you can still understand me. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, you can. I've listened to the interview over and over again because I had to. Uh, So I apologize for the quality, but uh, you can still make out most of what both of us are saying. Now, uh, another topic that I wanted to bring up to everybody was uh, drinking in metal. Now, uh, I don't drink anymore these days. I uh, Not out of, oh, you shouldn't drink or whatever, I'm straight edge. Uh, and respect to the people who are like that. Like, if you want to be like that, be like that. I don't care. You're not affecting me. And if people get up you because they think you are affecting them, fuck them. But uh, I don't drink because I take medication. And when I drink on my medication, it causes me to vomit. So I don't like vomiting, so I don't drink, pretty much. Uh, Yeah, but when I did drink, my drink of choice was Jägermeister. Not Jäger bombs, although I did love my Jäger bombs. Jägermeister in general. Yeah, that's right. I used to drink that some bitch straight from the bottle. Yeah, I used to sit there and just swig from the bottle. Freaked some people out. Some people thought I was stupid. Some people thought I was just trying to be hard, but I, I wasn't. I didn't give a shit. I liked the taste. Fuck you, is what I used to say to the people. So I feel so much swearing, but I'm a parent. And if you're a parent, you know that you're not allowed to swear around your child. At least you shouldn't when they're of age to learn how to talk. Because if you swear around those kids, they're going to learn how to say what you're saying. So when I'm down in my man cave talking to my computer screen, talking to my podcast, Dugamalaki, the... uh equipment that I use because I'm not talking face to face with anyone. I've got a clipboard, a pen, a computer and a headset. That's what I'm talking to right now. It's weird to me anyway. Uh, I totally forgot what I was talking about. I went off on a tangent there and I now I found sound like a rambling dickhead. But anyway, oh yeah, that's right. Talking about it, uh, swearing in front of kids. I I know how to swear in front of my daughter, not because my my uh my fiance or fiancé as she makes me call her uh, doesn't like it, but she doesn't. Fair enough. It's mostly because I can't do it because I don't want to swear in front of my daughter. So when I'm away from her, I swear as much as I possibly fucking humanly can, because fuck you. That's why. I love that saying. Fuck you, that's why. I hope that picks up. Ah, uh, yeah. So, drinking. 
Yeah, my dad got me a bottle of raspberry vodka. Yep. Raspberry vodka. That shit could strip the paint off a car. I loved it though. Don't get me wrong, I drank that some bitch. But it was strong. Yeah. It was wicked. Uh another one is scotch. I love my scotch. If it's twelve year old and single malt or eighteen year old single malt, sorry, I got my numbers mixed up. If it's eighteen year old single malt, oh god I would devour that shit. I uh on my eighteenth birthday I got an eighteen year old single malt scotch. I didn't crack it until my twenty first birthday. And then I uncorked it, had it. No, no, I didn't. It's still there. I still have over half the bottle. I'm thinking about having another glass on my wedding night. Maybe. Uh, I also used to love the good old rum every now and again, but uh, I wasn't that big a rum drinker. Jack Daniels. That's all I'm going to say. Jack Daniels. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there was the good old beer. Beer. Two is new. I didn't. Uh, no, sorry, no. I hated two is new. Two is extra dry. A Ted. Good old fashioned Ted. I used to love Ted's. Cleanest beer. That and uh, Han's super dry. Oh, God, I feel like a beer right now. But I won't because I hate throwing up. That's right, yeah. Now, uh, tattoos. Tattoos, yeah. Now, uh, before I get into tattoos, because I love my tattoos, I have quite a few tattoos, and all from the same tattoo parlor. But uh, I wanted to talk about uh, this part of the show is the one part of the show that I will not, 100% will not edit. I will just talk and talk and talk until the show ends and I will not edit this some bitch at all. Uh so you're gonna get all my eyes and arms and my <coughs> and my drinking waters and my apologies and my oh fucks and my uh in in a minute stuff up talks. Cause when I fuck up I usually say, Oh, are you raping a donkey son of a bitch? Yeah, don't sue me over, like, don't, not sue me. What the fuck's the word of my thing, y'all? Um, don't email me with, uh, anger. We'll just call it anger. I can't think of the word because it's late and I'm pissed off. Uh, I can't think of the word right now. But don't email me angry because I say rape a donkey. Yeah. I don't actually, I'm not actually telling you to go out there and rape a donkey. Because if you go, listen to me and I influence your life, you're sad. Yeah. I should not be able to influence your life. You should be able to influence your life. Anyway, let's get back on the subject. I have tattoos. I have quite a few tattoos. Uh, I have... Uh, my very first tattoo, which is a picture of my hand doing the uh, the metal horns, for lack of a better word. Uh, the uh, Ronnie James Dio Malak, as he used to call it. Uh, the, uh, the, the index and the pinky in the air. With the thumb over the middle and the ring on the right arm. And then beneath it, it's got my, uh, oh, my alarm's going off in the background. If you, uh, can tell me what that song was, I'll give you a, uh, a prize. Won't really, but, uh, email me at fullmetallockdown.com. No, sorry, at fullmetallockdown at gmail.com and tell me if you heard that song, what it was. Anyway, um... What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, my first tattoo. It's got my siblings' names on a piece of ribbon wrapped in barbed wire around my wrist, on my arm. 
It's a very, very, very nice tattoo. And then uh, above my second tattoo, went from that to covering my entire back from uh, my ass, from my plumber's crack, all the way to about halfway up my neck. And then from side to side, I've got my entire back covered. Yep. I went hardcore straight away with that shit. I became a tattoo addict like, almost straight away. Uh, my third tattoo. What was my third tattoo? Ah, my third tattoo was my tribute to Dimebag. And if you don't know who Dimebag is, delete this podcast. Yep. If you don't know who he is, fuck you. But seriously, if you don't know who he is, he was the guitarist for Pantera and Damage Plan. He was shot on stage, killed on stage, the most metal death ever. And uh, he's one of my favorite musicians of all time. And uh, people don't like him. That's their choice. I don't really care about you. If you don't like him, I don't care. There's people you like that I don't like. People I like that you don't like. You, I don't like you, you don't like me, etc, etc. I don't give a shit, that's life. Anyway, moving on from that, I have a silhouette of dime wrapped in a ribbon uh, with uh, the words for those who have fallen. Because here I got that, the red from Avenged Sevenfold died. Uh, Ronnie James Dio had recently passed away before that. Paul Gray had died. Uh, Peter Steele had died. Uh, shit, the fuckload of other musicians, metalheads had died. And uh, I wanted to put my own tribute into that. So I got a tattoo commemorating all of them. Uh, at least in my mind it does. I mean, everybody else's mind it's probably just a douchebag move. Anyway, my tattoo after that was, uh, I'm just trying to think. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, across my right shoulder, I've got uh, uh, four symbols of the treble clef, and then it's like uh, my family's song. It's got a, a, a symbol representing my eldest niece, my eldest nephew, and my nephew after that, and then I've got to get it continued. Uh, and then after that, I got a tattoo that a friend bought for my birthday, actually, on my left wrist. It's got the Chili Peppers star. And then beneath it, it's got the date, the 8th of the 1st, 2013. For those of you in the know, you know what that date means. It was the date of the Sydney Big Day Out in 2013. And that was the day the Chili Peppers played. And the day that I got my meet and greet with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's right. I hung around uh, with them backstage for a few hours before the show. And they dedicated a song to me while I was on stage. Uh, my favorite song of all time. Uh, and then after that, I got a tattoo of my daughter's name and her birthday. Over my heart, on my chest, quite a large one, actually. And so far to date, that's all I could afford with my tattoos. I got most of them before I moved out, uh, before I became a parent. I've only gotten two since I uh, became a parent. Only one that I've paid for. Actually, I haven't paid for either of them. The, uh, they were both birthday presents. So, yeah, I uh, before anybody gets on the high horse, like, oh, why would you get tattoos instead of feeding your daughter or whatever? Haven't paid for any tattoos since she's been born. So, fuck you, don't judge me, cunt. Ooh, should I drop the C-bomb? I don't know. That's a test. If, uh, if I should drop it more, email me if I shouldn't. Yeah, that's right. By that, I meant if I should drop it more, keep silent. If I shouldn't, email me. Let me know. Anyway, uh, I want to know what all of you think about uh, about something that I think is uh, 
becoming more and more prevalent with uh, some of my friends in the metal world. A lot of my friends like either uh, WWE or the UFC. Now, uh, to me, UFC is a grown-ups version of the WWE. And to a lot of people, WWE is a kid's version of the UFC. But I'm a WWE fan, and I believe they fucked up WrestleMania. I do believe they did. But we'll get into that next week. We'll get into that next week. We'll also get into a little bit more info about some Aussie metal. Uh, email me through the week. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know all the shit that's going on in your area with metal. I'll try and give you and your band a shout out because if you're a band, I want to hear from you. If you're in a band, I want to hear from you. Uh, let me know. Lockdown at gmail.com. Let me know. Subscribe. Download next week's show too. We have part two of the interview with Dave Haley. This is going to be awesome. Goodbye. I love you. Thanks for downloading it. Yeah.